my name is Paula McGurdy and I am a visual artist based in Dublin in Ireland and I started this podcast last year in lockdown and really the idea was to champion other female uh, artists within Ireland um, just to hear more about their story and I am fascinated by how people got into art, what their creative background is, a bit more about their process, all of that. I love it. I think it's really, really fascinating. And I think regardless of whether you're an artist or not, I think to find out a bit more about how people create things is a wonderful thing. So I hope you enjoy them. Um, this series is on podcasts. So all of the main podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes, all of those places. Um, and it's also available on YouTube as well. So you can see them on my YouTube channel channel Paula McGurdy um, if you like it please subscribe please like please share obviously the way that these get out there and are seen more is if you guys champion them as well and champion the artists that are sharing as well they give their time up as well to be here and to chat and share more about the process and it's amazing thing. Hi Aideen how are you thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Hi Paula, it's lovely to chat to you in person. I feel like I know you from Instagram, but it's lovely to, I know, it's, to see it's your face. It's always the way. Thank you. It's always the way, isn't it? When you see somebody on Instagram and you know quite a bit about them, like in terms of what they do, and then you meet them, like either in a conversation like this or elsewhere, it's it's kind of funny, isn't it? It's I guess I guess it's the way of social media nowadays, isn't it? I suppose so, yeah, but it's um I suppose this is still virtual, isn't it? Um yeah. but it is it's great. I mean I it's great too. I feel like I know you because I've heard your voice before, so it's um yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. Well I can see that you're in your studio there, surrounded by your lovely paintings behind you. And obviously it's it's a working studio, as I say about these things. When I have things behind me, it, I just remind people that this is a working space as opposed to something that's beautifully, you know, designed, the interior design. This is really kind of where the crux of it all happens. So you're in your studio. And is that upstairs in your house or do you have a studio separate? Yeah, this is um, a converted attic bedroom. So it's... Um, mm. I suppose, you know, I'm lucky to have a space and I started mm. off painting in the corner of my living room. Um, so, you know, it's better than that. But it's it's um, it's very messy. I'm a very messy painter. So I have cardboard all over the floor because I tend to spill and make a big mess. And then I just, I re you know, it's um, I only have one wall and everything else kind of slants this way is really, really low. Um, okay. So it's probably too small. but. Um, that's a good complaint. Maybe every studio you fill it. So um, exactly, I'm lucky exactly. that particularly during the pandemic, to have from home. yeah. Hmm. And also, I think it just shows the creativity is working then as well, Aideen. If you're if you're kind of got lots going on and it is a messy space, I think it's just it just shows that there's lots of output, and that can only be a good thing, really. You know. Um, yeah. So, Aideen, tell us a bit about your story, how you started, okay. and how you got into your creativity. Um, well, I, it's probably a very long story. Um, I, like I had a, I did art in school. I loved it. Um, and I was in the unusual position of having a place in art college, my portfolio before I even sat my leaving cert. So, um, totally took the pressure off. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was 17 and I honestly just, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So the night, I remember that final night before I had to decide whether I wanted to do, go to university or uh, go to art college. I sat in my bedroom and I tossed a coin because I just couldn't decide. And it came up for um, university. So I very grandly, as you can do when you're 17, said, well, if I'm not going to paint professionally, I'm never going to paint again. And I packed away all my art materials and I just went in a different way for, I suppose, 20 years. I went in a completely different path. Mm. Um, went to university, uh, studied literature, um, did a master's in French, lived in Paris, which, of course, I kept going to art. I still loved art. I was always going to exhibitions, um, did acting, did all different things, wound up working in business, um, marketing, all different things, set up a theatre company. Um, but there was always, I remember always feeling that creativity was missing. I remember having this notice board. I kept mm. writing creativity, make space for creativity. Um, I had a young family. And then I think when my children were young um, is how I really started trying to find my way back into creativity. And I did the Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. Uh, I did it mm. twice. The first time mm. I tried to write a, a book. So I think I spent, I don't know, maybe five, six years writing books. Um, but it was on my laptop and it felt quite like work because it was still that mm. laptop. And then I was painting in between, but I, the second time I did it, I just started painting. And my daughter, my youngest daughter is an artist also. And she was, um, I was painting with her and I just, it just sort of, I don't know, something resonated within, within me. And it was, it felt like, oh, oh, it's this. This is what mm. I've been missing, this is what I'm looking for. Um, so I just sort of went for it from then one step at a time. And I think, moving from a non-creative life into a creative life is really difficult. Um, I didn't know any artist. I didn't know anybody creative. Um, I felt very, I felt it was too old. I felt it was too foolish. I felt I didn't know what I was doing. I felt my work was no good. Um, so, and it was really hard to, to be selfish and put myself for, first um, to make that time to paint. But I just did it one thing at a time and just took one, I suppose one step of bravery after another led to the next step. And I just kept going for every opportunity that went my way and saying yes to them, even though I'd be terrified beforehand. Mm. Um, and I only exhibited and sold my first painting just before my 50th birthday. So, you know, it's been, I suppose it's been very intense and it's been really, I'm really going for it because I suppose I feel, Paula, that um, I have no time to lose because <laughs> I'm starting mm -hmm. so late. I really feel I have to go for it. And the other thing I've learned is that, well, my biggest fear is this was feeling, that, oh, I was too old and I would be foolish. But actually, most people aren't thinking about you. Most people don't really care mm -hmm. what you're doing. So it actually doesn't matter. And mm -hmm. um, you just have to go for it. And in... Julia Cameron's book, one of her exercises is you write out all your fears that block you from being creative. And mine really boiled down to, I'm too old. Uh, I know I'd be foolish. I'd be uh, I'm not good enough. And they're in a jar in my studio, actually, in the corner. And she actually wrote that if you wait, you're just basically, if you don't do it now, if you wait till next year, then you're just one year older. So this is your moment and you have to go for it. So that's mm. what I've been doing. But it's... Um, you know, it's it's been it's I'm getting more familiar, even with calling myself an artist. I found a huge, you know, kind of imposter syndrome where I um, even that was difficult. But, you know, I'm getting I'm getting more used to it. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly when you, when you sell work, when people actually go, you know, I, I, I'd like to hang that in my home. I mean, that's I could that couldn't I just couldn't get over that. Mm -hmm. 
So that's probably a very long-winded answer to your question. No, it's fantastic. Um, I think I said earlier, I think your story is very inspirational. I think lots of people who have that creativity within them very early on and decide not to pursue it, often find themselves coming back to it later on in life. And it doesn't have to be, you know, that I'm going after it as a career, but it's certainly like to dip back into wanting to pursue it as something that brings value and joy and just more beauty to your life. So I think that that's really just very inspirational for many people, um, Aideen. Um, And I love that um, you talked about the fear and also that thing of, feeling too old and I think that that comes up so often mostly for women and I don't think you really get any men saying I'm too old to become an artist and I'm not really too sure where that comes from but um, I love that you just pushed into that the artist way I've started it and I've never actually (laughs) really um, finished it through but the idea of putting all your fears into a jar and that idea of if you don't do it now you're actually going to be one year older um, and not seeking after what you really want so um, I love that you talk about the braveries as well stepping into your like small kind of small daily braveries is that what you said Aideen that's um, um acts of bravery the one act I mean acts of bravery. going for an art I mean my first time going to um an art class I was terrified yeah. because I was so out of mm. my comfort zone um and everything like even that was terrifying but you know, constantly opportunities I was like even talking to you or going on Instagram and talking on Instagram all those things are quite scary initially mm. and then you just just gonna put them out there and go yeah. for it. Um, well, I, I think as well, you just have to take risks because nothing. Mm. You want to change things in your life. If you don't take a risk, nothing will change. So you have to yeah. take, take chances and take risks, and you know there'll be rejection and things won't happen, but then something might happen in a different direction, mm. um, and I see that happening all the time. But I think what you're saying about being a woman, I think mm-hmm. what it is, like, I've, and I've really thought about this, is that we're brought up to be, I suppose, dutiful and to be daughters and to be wives and to be mothers. And, you know, I suppose we're, we're mirroring what um, our own mothers and our grandmothers did. They cared for the family. So it is really hard to put yourself first. And I think to be an artist and to be creative, you actually have to be selfish. And that doesn't mm. come naturally at all. Um, I think it was the, the the playwright Enda Walsh. He said that to a friend of mine that to create to write plays, he has to be selfish. I think men mm. are better at doing that, at kind of going, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. I'm just going to go and do it. Whereas, you know, when I started painting, I basically did it first at the weekends when my husband was around and my children were still quite young. But I meant that they were watching TV and eating cereal as opposed to me baking and cooking something wonderful so I was basically I suppose it's also that kind of cult of perfectionism perfectionism where we're trying to be perfect mothers mm. and I had to let that go to paint I mean I had to let go like my house is dirty the floors are unwashed you know I've actually written about that I could I could I could wash my floor or I could go up and paint and it's that constant mm. choice and that trade-off and I think men don't even think about that they just go for maybe they just don't see it um mm. 
and it is difficult to be selfish. I'm getting, I'm getting better at it, but it is, it doesn't come naturally. And even still, my biggest challenge is making time to paint, getting into the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always often the last thing I do after everything else has been done. Um, and I'm trying to turn that around and do it first before I do all the other things. But it's, it's really, that's my biggest challenge is finding time to paint because maybe because I'm self-taught, I feel like I'm still exploring and learning and the time I spend painting is what's leading me in these new directions. So that's the most important thing to me and the most difficult thing to, to do. Um, Mm. Yeah. But I think that's something, I think that is a challenge more for women because it's, you know, you're, if you're a mother or a wife or, you know, you've got dogs or house, there's all these other duties that we have. Mm. Yeah, we're in the caring role. It often lands lands on our feet um, for whatever reason, I guess. You know, I love that you brought the whole idea of motherhood into it as well, because I think you're dead right to be an artist. It's like you have to be very selfish to try and get that time. And often there can come judgments with that as well about what you're putting first in your life. And particularly if people don't understand your art as a career as opposed to an art as a, a hobby um mm-hmm. then if other things are slipping then you, either your own self-judgments or judgments from other people then come into play in that then as well you know so it is that balance I love that you brought that in as well Aideen um yeah. how did you how did you find that I mean you talked about you know, you, your your husband looking after the children at the weekend and then watching TV and eating cereal, which is actually what my children are doing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I record this. <laughs> I just find them. Um, um, I just lowered my standards, Paula. That's how I did it. I lowered mm, my standards in terms yeah. of letting go, you know, that perfect mother. Um, and actually, when I started painting, mm. someone said to me, what did you do before? And I was like going, what did I do before? I used to bake. Mm. I used to bake. I used to make big, mm. amazing cakes. And I don't bake anymore. Mm. I used to, all that creativity mm. went into, oh, I used to make the most elaborate, like Christmas, homemade Christmas presents for teachers, like ridiculous things. So I was mm. channeling it into all these, I don't know what idea I had in my head of this perfect mother. But it was all going into these directions. Mm. Um and I just let that go. I think I basically have lowered my standards and nobody really cares except me in terms of that judgment. It's all yeah. internal, all my, my own um, belief system. And yeah, no, so I've just basically lowered standards. Um, and on a Friday night, my eldest daughter orders pizza, which is like she takes care of dinner. So that's another night I don't have to cook. <laughs> all yeah. these things go. And um yeah, that's that's and actually, as uh, I've got teenagers now, and I think even parenting teenagers, I just lowered my standards, and that makes things much easier. <laughs> mm. I'm going to take that, Aideen. <laughs> Go with that, definitely. Um, I think just the motherhood and the creativity, the artist is is a funny thing because obviously motherhood is full time and it's all encompassing. But so is being an artist. It's full time. And people say to me, how long did it take you to paint that? I, I'm like forever because it's, it's in my head. It's not just the hours that I sat down and painted it. It's, it's the constant thinking and ruminating and thinking over colours or what it's about and the feelings and the emotions that come with it that are just, 
it's it's like a two twenty four hour jobs. I think that's what it is, isn't it? You know, <laughs> and then somehow merging. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I feel it's so intense sometimes that it's you know that in your own yeah. head. Um, yeah, to somebody as it's like as if you're under the sea, like mm-hmm. you know, and you go into it like a decompression chamber to rejoin the real world because you know there are you because it's so intense that whole being you're in that flow state making those decisions and then you go back into the world and you feel like you know there should be you know there should be kind of a gap or a filter or something because it's it's, yeah but I know what you mean it's always in your head about and even before I painted I used to just take oh my god I'd be dry I would just take hundreds and hundreds of photographs of like um back when you developed photographs of roads mm-hmm. and walls and <laughs> there'd be no people there'd be all these just things that were interesting me you know like a line or a stone or I don't know really really strange thing and this guy said to me well, what's with all these photographs of roads <laughs> I kept thinking you know I'll paint that or it was just this germination of ideas mm. um, well for me usually okay the first challenge is getting into that door or that studio once I get in there that's the first obstacle um, and then I would usually put on music and I'm very careful what I listen to often mm. I'm painting usually I'm painting I'm kind of fast and I'm slow so I can be quite fast in the time I paint but then I could work for months or years on paintings so that sense of slow so I've always have loads of paintings on the go um, and I tend to when I'm working on a series of paintings is I listen to the same music over and over again and it just helps me get right back into that same feeling I was in mm. um, so at the beginning, it kind of take me a while to find what that music or that playlist is that's right, because if it's wrong, it's just too jarring. Mm. And then I don't sketch. I probably do it all wrong because I'm self-taught. So I'm so impatient to get to paint and get to mm. colour. And I think just just choosing a moving colour around and manipulating colour is um, how I start. And, you know, it might be a blank canvas or it might be I'll be painting something over. I have two sides of my studio, oil painting and acrylic. So I might be over on the oil painting side looking at um, an acrylic painting and going. I want to do that next and it needs it needs orange green. So it's just these kind of like sparks and just following that idea. But it's always color is usually my way in and mark making. And I don't use any brushes. I use more kind of. I suppose I'm manipulating paint by how I'm moving it and how I'm throwing it <laughs> and uh, by kind of DIY tools. So like I'm one of these people and I wander around a DIY store and I'm going, mm, I wonder what mark that would make or mm-hmm. kind of event here. Like I, I had, I was throwing out these old mop heads. And I thought, oh, that would be very, very interesting. Like I'm just always yeah. trying to clear the house and they're all ending up in my studio. Like, we can like I've got brooms and like I don't know all kinds of things around here. I'm just thinking about mark making, how I could use that for a mark. And I'm just um, so I don't sketch. I will start with an idea often in my head. It can be a really loose idea. I suppose almost like you know when you're when you wake up from a dream and you've got this kind of dream in the back of your head, and if you focus mm-hmm. on it, it disappears. I often find painting it's that kind of feeling. Um, so. Like the moment uh, I'm kind of chasing that feeling of my first walk by the sea after lockdown, how I felt and how incredible that was. So I'm chasing that feeling and all the new paintings have all got that feeling in them. But I don't know how they're going to end Mm. up. I mean, it's going to be a long, 
a long journey. And yeah, so I start with the, with the, with color. So it's very intuitive, I guess, you know, and I was going to ask you about that because I know that you work in both acrylic and also in um, oils as well. And I was wondering if you did actually work simultaneously at the same time. Do you ever get mixed up with the two? Does some oil end up and or do you keep them very separate or? Sometimes, yes, an acrylic painting may wander over and have an oil top cover, but usually not because once I go to the oil, I can never return to acrylic in that painting. So they tend to be, um, they tend, at the moment, they tend to be quite separate. A few mm. have migrated mm. across, but mostly, no, I don't get them mixed up because they feel quite different mm. to me. They're like a different okay. um, family. Mm. And it was the non-brush, so you don't use brushes. Was that in, an intentional decision or has it just, that's just always been how you work? That's a great question. Um, so I started off painting figuratively, painting portraits and landscapes. And my work has become more and more abstract because that's really what excites me. That's the paintings I like to, to see and what I like to, when I'm looking at art, and I actually find it much more challenging than painting figurative work and much more difficult mm. to make what I feel is a, a good painting. Um, mm. And I've been trying to find ways of making, I suppose, like the, making what I see in my head, I suppose, are the mm. ideas I have in my head and paintbrushes aren't a way of achieving that. And I would say it's still a work in progress. Like I, I might, may go back to using brushes. I don't know. But at the moment, I'm trying, I'm experimenting with different things. And it's all about uh, how I get the paint to, to work on the surface mm. and trying to get it to, I suppose, to express certain ideas in my head or certain feelings. And I like the looseness of not using brushes mm. and using bigger, bigger kind of elements like, um, I don't know if I can grab anything here. Like I've got a broom handle and I've got um, um, a floor, um, you know, like a, um, a guard for the underneath a, a door, like things like that. I'm trying to, um, one of my favorite tools is a wallpaper spreader. It's like a- Oh, wow, of, yes. So mm. I just mop handles, different things. So I, I think I, they, they make interesting marks and they're just sort of freer. And the way I paint is I stand and um, I feel like I need to be kind of quite, it's quite physical because I can be manipulating large canvases. So you have to be quite strong and I might be working flat or I might be working um, upright. And I'm, it's like a dance. So I'm basically moving paint mm -hmm. and I'm moving and where I stand and how I, apply the paint onto the surface they all create different marks so if I'm really mm. close to it and it's very delicate or I could be quite far away and it can be this kind of gesture or movement and that will give a certain effect and it will also convey a certain emotion and that's mm. what I'm trying to do but I think I'm still experimenting with it and trying to find my way I suppose that way is always mm. changing at the moment uh, brushes form no part of what I'm doing <laughs> who's to say me come back to it um but no, I haven't used a brush, I would say, well, probably in a couple of years now. Mm, I love that you use so many different things. I think there's just with art, there's no rules. There's no right and wrong. You know, you can, I mean, obviously in the more traditional sense, things are definite rules. But I love that you can bring whatever and it can create all of the marks. I think I saw you one time using a 
plastic fork that you were using oh, to make yeah. various marks and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that was great, very creative. Mm, when somebody asked yeah. me to do um, a painting workshop online on Instagram, so I, what I'm always doing, Paula, is somebody asks me to do something, I just say yes. And then I figure it out afterwards. So I said yes. And then thought, how the That's your bravery is right there. You know, it's like you're just going with it, you know. It's just so I say yes. <laughs> and then I go, how am I going to do this? How am I going to show, teach somebody on my phone, you know, in lockdown when there was like, you know, art supplies were in short is what can I use that people can readily access and actually that has Mm -hmm. actually part of the way I'm painting at the moment um so I use jam jars um and I dilute paint because then of course the jam jar you can just seal the lid and the paint is contained and I was just thinking oh people might be able to get disposable cutlery um just that they can flick or manipulate paint and I think it's about Mm. what I wanted them to do is not use a brush if they could and just move away from that Mm. freedom a fork you can use it to stir and you can use it to flick or apply or spread yeah. so it's just things that people would have readily available uh, but yeah I do have a lovely bunch of lovely painty forks that I reuse um yeah and I, I use them for stirring and you know they're, they're kind of give me joy because they're really they're covered in layers of paint they're quite beautiful they're like mm. of painty flowers yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also think um, I often speak to people about um, art supplies and when people are starting off, not to go out to the art supply shop and buy all the expensive stuff that, you know, you end up spending because art supplies are expensive, you know, and you end right. up spending like 100 euros on something that you may or may not use again. And so mm-hmm. I love that because one of my things is just get the cheap, use your kids crayons or whatever, but use your plastic forks and everything. Just I, I love that as well. Well, I spend money on paint because the... I mean, I, I, I maybe I'm just I've learned that the more expensive paint, the color is just so much better. It's yeah. like better makeup. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, I would say to people because people ask me, and I would just say I don't think sets are great value because you know they've got ten mm-hmm. little colors. So I'd say just choose maybe three or four colors because you know it might be ten euro a tube. And then mm. acrylics are more readily accessible, a little bit of water. So it's a jam jars. I wouldn't spend money on brushes, not for what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I would tend to choose colors that you see in nature because then they naturally go together. You know, if you think about flowers mm. or leaves, so if you work with those kind of colors that you like, a flower mm. you would pick or a color you might wear, if you start from that, mm. then they can't go too wrong. That's my, my advice. Mm. Yeah. So on to kind of the more business side of things, I guess, Aideen. So your background is business. Did you find that that helped you then when you started as an artist and obviously going into the more business side of things? Um, did that help you further down the line? Um, well, I suppose I knew that I wanted to go for it. and I wanted it to, I said I wanted to earn a living from it. Um, mm. and I want to cover the cost of my very expensive art material habit. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, I just spent a fortune on paint actually yesterday. So mm. a big delivery, beautiful, beautiful colors. Actually, all oil colors. Maybe the oil colors. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, that's just what I went for. Oh, um, and what oils do you? What brand do you use for oils then? Um. 
a bit of a magpie. So I, I use, I tend to find certain colors in different brands. Um, so mm. I like Gamson. I mm. like uh, Sennelier. I have a couple of Michael Hardings, Old Holland, um, and the Windsor Artist. Mm. Um, but I tend to find like maybe a Sennelier orange I really like, or a Gamblas, a Gamblin mm. magenta that I like. So I tend to find there are certain colors, they become my favorites. Um, mm. But I wouldn't. So I'm buying them so you don't see the colours. So I'm just, we'll maybe try something new. Um, yeah. I'm not very organised. Like I see people do all those lovely charts, you know, where they buy the new tube and they write the yeah. name and they do all the charts. Yeah. I don't do that. I just go right in and paint. It's and a dream some... of mine to do one of those. but <laughs> I, I haven't have, done it I, just, I always just want to go to the, the painting as quickly as possible so I'm, I might be very yeah. thing I've learned is to be very lavish with paint the more if you're mm. mean with paint you'll create a mean mm. tight little painting so you've got to be, yeah. be lavish not worry about it. and then you'll be the paint will be much more exuberant and joyful that's my mm. theory <laughs> for my mm. wasteful habit yeah. so you asked me about business um so I think I wanted to have a website. So I'm learning as I go. And I think it's for me, it's still mm. a very recent journey, Paula. Um, so I launched an e-commerce. Now, first thing I did is I had a little generic website, a square pace, uh, space website I did myself. And I'm not a techie person at all. So everything took me forever. Mm. Um, and then the other thing I decided is the very first painting I entered into a submission was accepted and it sold. I thought this is the way it was going to be. I thought everything was going to be acceptance after that. Yeah. Um, and then I had like months, months and months of rejection. But that painting sold and I realized I had no photograph of it. So the other thing oh. I decided at the very beginning is I was going to have all my paintings photographed professionally before I put them off my website, before they sold. And I have done that since that first painting. So I do invest in that because I'm not able to do that. So I get someone to do that for me. Um, and then I launched an e-commerce website last year. I thought that was important. I wanted to be able to sell work. And mm. I'm still learning about that. I I do believe in marketing. So I think Instagram has been, is an incredible opportunity for any artist because it's visual and it's a great way of connecting people. I love it. It's it's a I find it a really supportive community and a great way of, of meeting artists and I also believe in giving back. So I don't want, um, I suppose, even though I'm business oriented, you know, oriented uh, this year, I certainly, my goal has not been on sales because like when I launched mm -hmm. my website last year, I had all these sales and then all my time was spent in packaging and administration. And then I had no time to paint. So this year I, set myself goals I think that's really important to set yourself goals and targets and to review them and my goal was mm. spending time in the studio and painting um and developing my work so I've held back from doing sales and you know I might post a painting up on Instagram and somebody might ask me is it for sale and I just say not yet so I'm just holding back because the longer mm. I can hold off on releasing work the more time I have to develop them I think that's my objective mm. um but it's that balance between selling work and which is amazing. And it always just gives me such a thrill when someone wants to buy a piece and um, creating the work and all the administration involved with that. And I'm learning all the time, like I'm learning how to package and do prints and all these things. Everything is still, I suppose, quite new in my journey. Um, mm. 
and you know exhibitions because exhibitions were more difficult during lockdown so I had an exhibition and it was it was closed um so I started exhibiting on Instagram in my dining room just putting some paintings out and going live on Instagram and showing the paintings <laughs> and like that was great and again it was I was creating all these false deadlines to just put the work out there I think it's important at some point the work has to leave the studio and be seen and stand on its own two feet in terms of whether somebody says I would love that in my home or not um mm. So it's that constant balance, I suppose, between the management, the sales. Um, but I have, as I said, this year, I've really been trying to focus more on creating work. And I think because I think all the sales, if it's to go with last year, it was coming up towards Christmas. It was just crazy. And I don't know if it's going to be that like that every year. It was that just, um, mm. but because I'm just doing everything myself, I found that really challenging to balance mm. the you know the the work with that so the dream would be to have somebody maybe help you with that I think it's amazing that you just because you just started your like really pursuing this the last couple of years isn't that right Aideen so the fact um, that you've gotten to yeah. this stage and you're selling as you are it's incredible well yeah, I suppose I've been really working at it really hard, Paula, though I, I work on it mm. every day. Like I spend a lot of, um, mm. it's my, I suppose part of my family, it's like my number one objective and I'm just focusing, I suppose I'm thinking about it all the time. And before I first exhibited or sold work, like I was working for years privately. So I suppose I had all those years in the background when it was, the work was inside. But there's something very freeing about um, putting your work out there. I mean, it was terrifying at first. My very mm. first exhibition was terrifying. You know, it felt like I was blowing up my diary and saying, "Here, have a glass of wine and read my diary." It just feels so personal yeah. and so vulnerable. And I'm getting more comfortable with exposing myself in that way. I think that's part of that mm. creative life where you have to just because those paintings come from inside you, and you're putting them out there um so I'm I'm definitely more comfortable with that and getting used to rejection and all all that comes with that um creative life but mm. the yeah it's it's yes in one sense it might seem very short but I'm working very hard and I was working for a long time before before that but I suppose also because I'm self-taught and I because I feel like I'm starting so late I really feel I don't have 10 years to faff around. I actually just have to mm. go for it. Mm. I feel like this is my time and I'm just saying yes to every single opportunity my way. And mm. um, like, cause I mean, from those painting, live painting demos I did an Instagram, I told you about, um, like RTE contacted me and said, oh, would you do a live painting <laughs> oh on the Today Show? And I just said, oh yes. Wow, that's How incredible idea. I'm not a teacher. I was thinking, I felt like such a fraud. I was thinking, oh, well, how do I do it? Then it's like in front of a camera. And it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was an amazing experience. It was terrifying, but mm -hmm. you know, you just got to keep, you just, I just feel I can't say no to anything. I got to say, yeah. And I suppose maybe all that taking every opportunity maybe might be, um, I suppose, accelerating things um, because mm -hmm. I'm just really, I suppose I'm kind of laser focused in one way, even though I'm quite scattered in my creative life, it's very broad and intuitive. But then when I'm 
focused on becoming an artist or becoming a professional artist or that part is I'm just really I think about it all the time it's always in my head and mm. I'm just going for it so I every day if I'm mm. doing something towards it then it maybe will um but then I don't know we say I don't know what's normal because um I have no one to compare myself with in my yeah I suppose personal life I don't know any artists so I'm the only one mm. so I don't I mm. art college so I don't know what the norm is <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe me, it's better that you don't have that then as well. Well, someone said to me, if I went to art college, um, all this creativity would have been beaten out of me. <laughs> so I and then I, thought, well. <laughs> then I thought, does that mean my work isn't any good? <laughs> no, I also think art art college can be, like, an, it can be an amazing experience for some people, but I know a lot of people that... Um, I never wanted to really return to art after our college, depending on their their experience, you know, and it is a very it's a very personal few years of just deep dive into finding that create creativity. So it can work in either way and it can either validate you as an artist or not. It can absolutely swing the other way. So, um, yeah, it can. Yeah, it can make or break people. Really. <laughs> yeah, no one. I think maybe everything happens for a reason as well. And I think mm. because I did literature and then business and then returned to art, I find the way I paint often, it's like as if I'm writing a novel because in my mm. head, it's very linked to words. And like I did a series um, most of last winter and spring and it was all about kind of uh, warrior queens. And it was this idea about, again, as a mother, of teenage daughters and all the stuff they were going through and I had just these ideas in my head and I allowed myself that luxury of all that time to develop those ideas but I felt like as if I was writing a play or a novel and I was creating this landscape and then I was creating these characters that was populating in them and the work was much more mm -hmm. figurative than my normal work um and like I find like I'd, I words come to me and I'd be writing them on the wall and the studio and my titles are hugely important to me as well and if I hadn't studied literature I probably wouldn't have that approach so maybe everything happens mm. for a reason and you know I've, that all that richness of my life and all those things I did um I suppose they're all in that mix of what I do or what yeah. I am the art isn't that so we're all ultimately mm. well, we can only create what's inside us so I think mm. you know if you gave somebody the exact same colors and same tools they would create a different painting because they're it's coming from inside you every painting comes mm. from who you are um, and the other thing I believe in is being generous and in sharing what I've learned because I love mm. when I meet somebody, a stranger on Instagram, and I say, you know, what, what, what varnish is that? And they tell me. Uh, so mm. I always share what I've learned because I'm still learning and I like to, I like to kind of, sort of give back in a little way. Um, and somebody was saying to me, maybe I shouldn't, I should kind of like uh, keep my secrets. But I don't believe in that because I think even if I... Mm gave 10 people the exact same colors and the same tools and the forks and the jam jars or whatever I was using they would be all different paintings because yeah it's all coming from inside us mm, I, I fully believe that as well Adina I'm a real believer of there's abundance for everybody and I think if you're like holding things and guarding things I mean obviously there are certain things that you want to keep and they're they're mostly about your 
I, I don't know what they're about, but it's, there are certain things that I guess. But if if you're sharing what you're learning and if you're being open hearted and open handed about things, I think that just comes back in tenfold. And I just think to hold on to things really tightly, it's that thing of there's not enough for everybody. And I just think that those really it's something that I say again and again, there's room at the table for everybody and everybody's going to create, like you said, everybody will cre- end up creating something different with whatever they're given and um even like i i constantly come back to the amount of people in the world and the amount of artists and sometimes i think we end up being if people are holding on to things or not wanting to share it's that thing of you're only seeing you're very blinkered in terms of who is around and who can you share with and who can you give to and who can you understand more abundance with and i just think it's just yeah it's a great thing so I agree well done on sharing you know thank you and you too with this podcast I mean that's very you know I like you know I think podcasts are very powerful and um, certainly Mm -hmm. for me starting out I listen to podcasts a lot in terms of trying to educate myself um Mm -hmm. so I think they're great and I think you're right about Mm -hmm. abundance absolutely you know Mm -hmm. even down to how you paint you know being abundant with materials and not being tight and guarded mm, or yeah. being abundant with them. Yeah, and I think you're right. If you, the more you give, the more gets given back to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And I love seeing your stories as well, Aideen, because you can see the abundance within your stories. You can see how that reflects because obviously you go on these you know, nature walks and you're looking at the amazing abundance of nature around you. And that then just in turn just reflects back into your own work as well and how you talk about it and all of that kind of stuff, which is it's kind of comes full circle then, doesn't it? It is. I just started doing that, I think, last year during lockdown. Because mm. um, I suppose I was always documenting and taking I took photographs, photographs. And I think during lockdown, I just started putting up what I was seeing um on instagram in my stories i think i just finally got the knack of stories actually around the same time mm. <laughs> my teenager one of my teenagers taught me about it and i it was really interesting because we were in this like two kilometer little tiny restriction and i was going in the same little loop every day but i would always see something new and it could be you know like a, a crack on a pavement or a bit of moss or a new flower had opened up and even i would always see something new and the smaller my little circuit, the more I was seeing. I suppose it's like a meditation, really. Mm. And I just started sharing that. And it was really interesting because some of my neighbours were going, where are you walking? Mm. <laughs> Where's that bridge? Where's that wall? They, <laughs> you know, they didn't they didn't see it. And so it's because maybe I'm visual. I'm always observing. Um, but I do. I like sharing that, actually. And um, I suppose... I'm putting it's like a diary for myself recording them and putting putting them out there and I like the way stories disappear mm. as well you know they're there and then they're gone and okay. um yeah it's sort of like one of those things I, I do now actually I haven't really thought, it's very it's been very organic the whole Instagram and sharing but I it is it's like a little visual diary for me because I'll see something and then I just put it out there and even just by photographing it and even deciding will I write a word to go with that I'm even refining it myself why I took that photograph and what appeals mm. to me about that flower. Or, and often when I walk, um, memories are triggered. And I suppose all my paintings come down to, they're about place and they're about memory. And walking is so powerful, I think, in coming back to memories. I will remember, 
I remember places I visited as a child or things that happened when I was a child or, you know, even almost like ancestral memory stories my grandmother told me. And they'll all feed back into my paintings. Um, mm. So I think there's something, there is something so powerful about the, those walks. And, you know, I have two dogs. I'm very grateful because they, they, you know, they're, they need to be walked every day. And it definitely mm. is so um, nourishing for my art practice, mm. those walks. And I think having that restriction, you know, when you couldn't go to the sea, and because I live in an urban, suburban area, mm. It was amazing how far you can go inside your mind. So even though you're seeing things, mm. your mind is going into this, um, I suppose, this internal landscape. And that was just so inspiring, actually, for me. Mm. And I was still following all those threads and dreams. And as always, you said, there's always loads of ideas um, fermenting around. <laughs> um, earlier on, uh, Aideen, when we chatted just beforehand, you were talking about, or maybe I saw this on your stories, you were saying about you didn't have the best day the last few days in the studio. Um, and <laughs> I think Instagram can come across as being, you know, it's all seamless and streamlined oh, yeah. and everything works so beautifully. Can you tell us how do you get beyond that? Do you have any tricks or do you just keep on pushing into it and just saying, do you just take a break? Do you walk away? You know, what, what do you do? Do you Ooh. burn the paintings? <laughs> burn the canvas? Well, I'm surrounded here. I put some nice stuff behind me, but on the floor here mm. underneath my feet is pure mud. You know, I, you know, I paint, you know, when you keep mixing colors and they turn to sludge. Yeah. Yeah. I just had, I don't know, maybe three or four. The last few few painting sessions have been <laughs> awful. Um, yeah. Like where I was like battling with paintings. And I just, that's the thing with working abstractly because I'm working intuitively that I don't have a, a structured plan where I'm not going, okay, now I'm going to do this bit and then this bit so that it's constantly leading forward. Mm. I'm working on things and they're like getting really good and then I just go a little bit further and I just lose them so then I was battling again it was coming back and then I just lost this one painting like it's not a very big painting um it's just getting so it's got so many layers now where it's just I don't know if I can reach it uh but it's just horrendous what do I do I suppose if I knew <laughs> if I knew I wouldn't go I'd be in that um I think for me is what I need to do is, I suppose I need a little bit more discipline and I need to be able to stop. Like I possibly should limit the time I spend painting or working on a, because I work in series and mm. because I use a lot of paint, um, it would be better if I had less passes on any one piece to keep mm. that kind of freshness and not to keep going on it because then it just, I just, I just lose it. So that is perhaps one hint uh, just to, move to another painting, not to do too many, too much in any one painting because they're so wet. It's just the way I'm working at mm. the moment. And when I'm working, I'm better at that when I'm working in my oils, I will have, actually my oils, I tend to work on a, a wall easel and I'll have a few on a go and I just do a few marks. And because of the oils, because they are wet, you have to leave them to one side and then I move to another piece. Mm. So I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to maybe elevate maybe six pieces in any one session, just adding a bit more to each one. That stops it getting muddy. Yes, stopping, going outside, uh, going for a walk, that, that helps. Um, starting something new, just letting it dry, going back to something else. Is there, 
I suppose just to get to dive back into it and then you get the joy of when it works it paint works it's very rare for me when I have a painting that will just work beautifully in one session it's usually months but then it's often the one that was complete mess that I leave to one side for six months and then I'll come back mm. to it and it will just suddenly and maybe it was because I just didn't know I didn't have enough knowledge or skill at that moment to complete that painting so maybe that painting needed to wait for me to become a better artist to complete it perhaps I don't know mm. um I don't know I just got to keep keep going but yeah I suppose yeah. having something else maybe that's what I need to do I know some artists they have timers and they set timers to stop and you got to go to the next one I'm um mm. often because I don't have very long to paint usually it's somebody phoning me saying come downstairs dinner's ready or you know it's late and we want to watch something before going to bed that that stops my session um, and mm. maybe I need to create those deadlines I don't know I don't know I'm mm. still learning I'll come back to you on that one Paula <laughs> that's okay no it sounds like you do now but it's just maybe a bit more stop start and, and it's more intuitive for you uh, the whole setting the timer thing it sounds like a good idea, but I don't really work that way. Um, but I understand what you're saying about coming back to a painting and then it really working for you. That ha actually happened recently and I just sold the piece and it actually ended up being the one that was challenging me the most ended up being my favourite one. Oh, and was that was the one yeah. that sold and it's kind of a happy sad of, well, actually, you gave me such a tough time at the beginning, but now I love you yeah. so much. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're the child, yeah. the difficult child. But I think mm. I find that when I release a collection, the one that's my favourite, the one I think that's a really good one, that's usually the one that sells last for me, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, funny, isn't it? I love that one. Yeah, I find that it's my, it'll be my favourite one. I think that's that'll be the last. Um, and the one I was like, I'm not really sure about that one. They'll be the one that goes first. Mm -hmm. So I think it's yeah. a struggle. I Sometimes I think of them as signpost paintings. You know, like a, a painting that's pointing you in a new direction. Mm. Those are really challenging, where you learned something new and your skills evolved. That mm. they point you that that's the way you're going to go next. Mm. Um, Signposts, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I sometimes I actually have done that. I've a little mark at the back of the canvas to tell me that was a signpost painting. There's usually oh, one. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> It's your own secret little mark. Nobody else probably knows about as well, you know. Only, only you. Um, Nobody else was listening. Only me. <laughs> Everybody be looking at the back of their pictures now. Is that Aideen? Is that Aideen's like signature little signpost? Yeah. Of course, I, I'm so messy. There could be so many possible marks. That could be. It could be, yes. So maybe everybody thinks they've got one then, you know. Hmm. Can we just touch a little bit on... Um, Maybe for those, we're talking about generosity, I guess, back to the whole idea of generosity and people starting off uh, or maybe returning to their creativity, their passions. Uh, do you have any advice for anybody who is thinking about getting into it um, and wanting to get more creative? Um, would you have any words of wisdom to say to them? Okay, well, um, I think I'm still learning. What I would think is it's not too late. If I can mm -hmm. do it, <laughs> if I can yeah. just, you know, if, you know, if you're in your 40s, like I didn't do it till I was in my 50s. So I think you're not too late. Go mm -hmm. for it. Um, nobody else cares, you know, in terms of being my my biggest fears were, you know, what if I'm no good or what if I'm mm -hmm. foolish or I found out 
no one really is thinking about you the way you're thinking about yourself. So just mm. take risks. Um, mm. I would say, so that's it. Be brave, take risks, go for it. Um, because I suppose rejection, this is work you create is so personal that rejections, you can be very sensitive and feel very hurt by them. But it is actually part of it, of anything where you are putting your work, are you putting yourself out there, putting your work out there, people not liking it is part of it. Um, so that comes with it. But you can't get a yes without getting a no. Um, and when mm. I started off, I actually used to write down how many no's I got for every yes, because that made me, I suppose, gave me that sense of control over it, that maybe I had to get 10 no's before I got a yes. So sometimes when I got a no, I'd go, oh, that's great because I'm getting closer to my yes. I've only got nine more to go. Mm, <laughs> and then I get a great yes. way to then think, I think about it. You, Well, I think it was just trying to, I was sort of, I was trying to play, play a game with myself because I suppose I, you know, you are, can be hurt by these rejections and it's part of it. I believe you have to be honest, I suppose, or about what's going on. Even you were saying about the days that aren't, that aren't great. Um, that's all part of it. Nothing is easy. And I think the more you share or ask questions, oh yeah, ask questions of people. I used to ask questions on Instagram because I didn't know any artists in, in real life, you know, and mm. IRL, is it? <laughs> um, yeah. That was really, you know, really helpful when somebody would come back and say, oh yeah, you know, that's this paint or that color. Or, um, you know, and every so often you get somebody come back and say, oh, it's mixed media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want to share. Big open, that's so wide and vast, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like, um, I so I believe, yes, yeah, so I think asking questions. I think the most mm. important thing is to find, I suppose, to find a space to paint. Like, I started off in a corner of my living room and then I took over this, this little attic bedroom. So if you can find somewhere you can leave your work out, even if it's like a little tray or somewhere where you can leave your work so you can return to it, that's a, that's a great tip because if you just set it out all the time, then it's really difficult. Um, mm -hmm. And to go for open calls, submissions, just, just see what happens, put your work out there, try and show your work. I would say use Instagram. Instagram is an amazing resource and tool and a way of being seen and people finding you. And I think if somebody doesn't like your work, it's just they're not the right person and that you just have to, there's so many people out there and the right people just have to find your work that will love your work. And Instagram definitely helps you find that audience. Um, mm. I think, what else do I, I think? This, for me, definitely, uh, because I'm self-taught, it's spending time painting. Um, and we talked about being selfish and finding that time. And what I'm doing at the moment is, is I'm getting up a lot earlier and I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing all my things. I, I try to exercise. I think yeah, for me, I have to be strong to paint because it's so physical or I end up getting injuries, back injuries mm -hmm. and stuff because I'm working with these really big canvases. So I'm trying to be healthy and strong and then getting into the studio before I check my phone, before I do my email. And so I'm trying to do that first, make that my priority in the day, because every day, any day when I paint is a good day. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to let the whole day go by and it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm trying to get up to the studio, which mm -hmm. happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. But other advice, I would say experiment. I think if you're just starting off, 
and you don't have a gallery and no one knows about you, in a way that's a gift because you can play and you can experiment and find your voice because when you are successful, artist and you're looking back onto the and you'll think wow that was amazing you had no pressure you could go in any direction so you just have to think that this is an opportunity and this day that you have to paint or this week you have to paint you'll never have it again and what can you do with the materials you have and you, know, you talked about abundance there's also scarcity you know if you don't have the colors you want or you can't afford the best things use what you have and you'll create something you, you know and you might find a new way of painting sometimes you can't you know, with a certain paint is out of stock and you reach for a different colour, you'll create a new way. You move out of your normal comfort zone. Um, mm. Any other advice? I suppose, yeah, you need to have a website. <laughs> you need to have a website, yeah. Instagram they're brilliant. That's amazing. Instagram website. Yeah, they're, they're amazing things that you've just said. I think that people will get lots of value out of that. Definitely, Aideen. And also that thing, what you said about, you, you've said it a few times about it not being too late. Um, one of my favorite no. quotes, I don't actually know who said it, but that that thing of it's not too late, you're not too old and you are so much better than you think you are. Um, so they're brilliant things. Thank you so much, Aideen. I think people will get lots out of those um, in terms of kind of starting their own path or because I I fully believe that we're, we all have that creativity within us it's, it's whether we decide to put it to use or we decide to do something about it and that doesn't mean that it's a painting it doesn't mean that you end up painting or you know in the artistic realm but it could be writing or cooking or floristry or whatever you know there's so many layers to it we are all creative as children and you know somehow along the way we stop and then maybe it's our education system mm -hmm. I don't know but it is all within us. And um, mm. people are reaching out to me in Instagram saying, oh, I couldn't paint a straight line. And I'm going, oh, I don't paint straight. I don't paint any straight Nobody lines. Says, yeah. no <laughs> lines. Yeah. Um, but it's like we all paint. We were all creative as children. And yes, I think it is within us all. And like for me, definitely painting makes me feel like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I finally figured out what I want to be when I grow up. And okay, it took me a long time to get there. But just, it makes sense of everything in my life in a way that, you know, I'm, when I paint, I'm not a mother, I'm not a daughter, I'm not a wife. I'm just the me, the me that was there when I was eight. And I had that confidence. I think I'm only now returning to that inner confidence I had when I was eight. And I knew I was good at art. And I, you know, I wanted mm. to be, when I was eight, I wanted to be a ballerina. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be an artist. And I wanted to be a writer. And I thought, I'm going to do all those mm. things. And I saw yeah. no obstacle. Um, yeah. And then I think we just go down this path where, I don't know, we're afraid or mm. we just lose that confidence. And I think when, for me, being creative, you kind of go back to that inner inner child or that inner person and in a way it's the person's there all along and you're like peeling off all these layers and to be creative you have to be vulnerable and you have to really mm -hmm. expose yourself so you're removing all those layers of being afraid of what people think of you or you know what do I look like or you kind of forget about all that mm -hmm. and you're finding the person inside you um and you have to take those risks of showing everybody that person inside you in your painting or whether it's you said baking or gardening or fashion design whatever it is mm -hmm. you know even like um like my husband is a scientist for him science is hugely creative you know mm -hmm. that's his creativity in research and coming up with new ideas so 
everyone is different. Um, but I do think, yeah, we all are creative beings. And I think there's something about using your hands as well, moving away from a screen or a keyboard or a phone that is just, it's so good for us. Whether mm. it's like, you know, people who bake or garden or, I used to do thousand piece puzzles as well. There's something about- Oh working. yeah. Yeah, and not being afraid of being messy as well. This is we're brought up to be tidy and, you know, neat mm. and look well and be well presented. So like, well, I mean, I am just, probably the world's messiest painter I'm just and I can't make the painting that really I mean it's shockingly messy I posted pictures of it and artists have gone oh my god like when you say messy that's <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> it's next level yeah <laughs> well actually that's you're feeling blocked people have often given me that tip um okay. to tidy your studio apparently that's another tip but I mean I could mm. be tidying my studio all the time I could go on and talk about the idea of fear and uh, visibility and how it holds us back so much because I mean believe you me Aideen I, I have been there and um, even things like this doing a podcast doing YouTube all of that kind of stuff doing lives all of that oh, yeah. I mean it's all such a learning curve and I think if you are that visual person and you want to make a career of it it's just the way of things nowadays that people want to know more about the artists and who the, and how they make things and who they are yeah. and it's just connecting with people on a very different level but it comes with so much fear and um being afraid of of what others will think and being bound by that and I think it's that thing of when you realize actually that that's just your ego most people are really just thinking about themselves nobody's really really looking at your at you then it's 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 like this shedding of skin to be able to say, actually, I don't, I don't need that to bind me up anymore. And, and for the most part, I think we often are fearful of people who are not in the conversation with us, like people who, um, do you know, it might be people who aren't, I don't know if you've read any Glennon Doyle's books, uh, Untamed or, or also um, Brene Brown, she's a great one for talking about vulnerability and putting yourself, and she says, like, about being in the ring, that if you're not in, in the ring with me, that you have basically no right to say what you agree or what you don't agree with me. So if somebody is not doing the same thing, it's that thing of not taking on board what people's opinions are about you, because I'm a big believer in thinking that, uh, people's opinions of you are actually none of your business because if, if we took all of that on board it would just be so weighty and too much because obviously some people's opinions of you are fantastic and almost too much they hold you on a pedestal but also some people's opinions of you are so low and so poor so I just think I don't want to know <laughs> um, yeah you have to and also what somebody says like if somebody says I love your painting. And then somebody else goes, oh, that's not really any good. The painting is actually the same. The painting yeah. hasn't shifted. So it's just, yeah. that's all about the other person, their mm. view of it. And you're right. They can be that whole thing of someone says, oh, you're amazing. And then you start to think, oh, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. And then that can be equally difficult. Um, so you have to, well, what I do anyway is I, when I, like on my first Instagram live, oh my God, I was terrified of sweating and everything. Mm. and you know, but you just, you just got to go for it. You really have to go mm. for it. I think you, I think, yes, yeah, you can just do, do the work and put the work out there. But I think there's an opportunity 
and that possibly also does accelerate your exposure if you put yourself out there as the artist as well and it's just go for it and the thing is um most people like most of my close friends aren't on instagram um so i feel like nobody really sees it anyway you know and you just put it out there (laughs) i think your phone like your phone is such an amazing tool like mine's all painty but even Mm. like you can record a time lapse and throw it up there and the thing of the time lapse is people don't really see how you paint because it's all sped up so it all looks really effortless and you throw in a bit of music yeah. they don't see all the what color will I do now and that bit's crap I'm gonna remove that yeah. they don't see the thought process and yeah I suppose it's entertainment as well isn't it maybe you're but it's sharing something and I think it's well I, I think Instagram is, is fun and I must say I've been very lucky I've only heard positive things or people being very kind on it mm, I, early on um I think you have to kind of also surround yourself if you can with people who are supportive and positive and if your your family are supportive that's great I remember somebody read saying something very negative about painting um and it really really it was early on it really really upset me and I felt very it kind of deflated me for quite a long time and it stayed with me um but I realized you know you just gotta let those things go and try and I suppose protect mm. yourself from people who are being critical because maybe they're being critical because of it's about them it's about maybe not about mm. your painting at all um so if you're lucky enough to be surrounded by people who are supportive and kind and most people are I think most people mm. certainly people are really kind and really generous and supportive and I mean I follow other artists as well I'm just in awe of what they do and it's just so mm. you know it's been nice it's particularly in lockdown it's been really nice to have that community uh, when we were all mm. On our, you know, just on our phones. Um, oh, and the other thing I do as well is, is coming back to the whole how to paint is I try and avoid the news. I think the news can be very toxic. Mm. If it's radio and the news, particularly when we were in lockdown, all the kind of it was all sensationalist headlines. And when I was listening to the news, I found it very difficult to create because I was feeling anxious. Mm. I deliberately mm. stop. I tried not to listen to um, too much talk radio. To listen to music or podcasts maybe just check the news uh by reading them on my phone just mm. get the headline once a day because you think if you get yeah. into that whole process of checking the news you can go down a very negative spiral Perfect. and it's very hard mm. to go in and paint something Come beautiful mm. i agree absolutely Aideen. we're the same in our house we actually really limit our news intake um and it's very much just we'll read but we don't yeah. really have the news on the TV or on the radio, um, really for many reasons. But yes, it also just zaps your creativity as well. Um, Aideen, it's been so lovely to talk to you. I feel like you have given so many amazing nuggets for those listening um, of just wisdom and insight into how you work. Um, do you have anything on in the pipelines that you're currently working on where, you know, is there anything that you want to share about what you're working on or anything um, interesting just, coming up? I am working on this kind of, I'm in the middle of chasing this idea about the sea and it's all still very ephemeral and loose in my head. And that's where all these mm-hmm. murky, messy paintings I've been working on that didn't work out. I think I'm trying to find a new way of painting. Um, mm. Maybe it's not new, new, new to me. I'm experimenting, and 
I'm trying to chase the feeling I had when I visited the sea for the first time after lockdown and how incredible it was and how we all missed the sea and how busy it was at the seaside. Everyone was walking by the sea and there was like guards there stopping us because I was thinking, why are we all pulled to the sea? Why does it matter to us and why is it so important? Mm. Uh, you know, the whole tides and is it, is it, I think it's more than just the visual of the beautiful sea and the sound of the sea and the smell of the sea, which is all incredible. I think it's something very primeval within us that we're responding to. Mm. And is it like a pull of the moon and the tides? Is it something physical? Is it something hormonal? Is it biological? Or is it something to do with our ancestral memories? Is it something really deep within our psyche and in our past that is so important to us? I think we had all had that, or I certainly had that experiment because I don't live near the sea of being without it for very, very many months. So I've really been thinking about that. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to uh, the Dingle Peninsula um, a lot this summer. Just We just did day trips uh, with our youngest because the older two didn't want to go. So we didn't want to leave them for too long. So we had two days at a time. Mm. We're just walking by these beautiful, beautiful beaches that I haven't visited since I was a child. And I visited revisiting places that I had visited when I was 10. And I could remember I was going, there's a key over there. And I remember seeing lobster pots over there. And I had so many memories. And it was just so intense and so beautiful. And because my walks are linked to my memories, those walks, there's something. Um, so that's, I'm trying to, I suppose it's all very much a mix, but I'm trying to experiment with the marks that I could see with the currents and the tides and those incredible jellyfish, you know, those neon jellyfish and the colors and the, the shapes that I saw, and all my feelings and emotions. So that's what I'm working on. And they're all in a big, they're kind of the ones behind me. They're all very messy and early. And so that's what I'm working on. And um, it will be a collection that I will release. I um, What I've been doing lately is I've been releasing it to my mailing list first and then online. Um, but I, I've been approached by a gallery as well, which is very Amazing. exciting. That's so, yeah, so I so I possibly will have some pieces in a gallery in Dublin. Um, so when I know for sure, <laughs> I'll say. But that's was I was very excited by that because it felt like I suppose like that external validation. They I must mm. really be an artist then if somebody from the outside is <laughs> so, Instagram on your website, it's like that you're creating these false deadlines. So I'm I'm trying to feel that I have this real privilege of this time to experiment and play. Um and I'm not putting on the pressure of sales to so I'm working on I didn't even have I'm thinking like words like I have words in my head like tide and confluence, and it's all about the water and the tides and that kind of pull that I felt within me and I think so many of us did mm. I'm working on and who knows where it will go <laughs> love it who knows but we're, we're gonna look uh with much uh, anticipation over that then Aideen to see how it all goes me too uh, where can yeah absolutely you're like yeah I can't wait to see how this turns out um where can people find you then Aideen what's your Instagram and your website or wherever else Okay, so well, I'm um, yeah, I'm always active on Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram, so that's at Aideen Glynn with all the vowels. You probably write it down. Sorry, <laughs> hard to spell name. Very um, Irish, yes, yeah. Very Irish, very uh, mm. very awkward. 
so at eating mm. then is my instagram and i yeah i try and post there and i i share on stories you know things in my studio and things that inspire me um i have a mailing list as well and i um email maybe a little bit more detail of what i'm working on and share videos and stuff to them as well and that's through my website which is www.aideenglynn.com with all the vowels again Great. Great. <laughs> you write it down somewhere um and i'm on facebook but i'm not very active on facebook it's mm. at aideenglynnart.com and yeah, I think I'm on YouTube too. They're all Aiding Glen. Um all Aiding Glen. We just Google in Aiding Glen and it'll and it'll come up anyway. Yeah. But what I'll do is I will put all of the links below and um and still all appear below. But Aiden, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like it was a very, very lovely and generous generous conversation from you. I feel we could do a part two as well at some stage because there was so much uh, wealth of knowledge and everything and I know you've spoken about how you're not a uh, you haven't been like professionally trained you know you didn't go to our college but I don't think that makes any difference to your bearing over you being a professional artist or not because it's obviously obviously you can see it and you can hear it through what you do as well so thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing with us and being so generous I appreciate it so much Thanks, Paul, and thank you for inviting me. And um, thank you for the podcast and what you give to the community as well. No, no um, problem. I love hearing about other artists' creative journeys as well. So you ask yeah. all the great questions. <laughs> thank no. you very much. <laughs> thank you, Aideen, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.